The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me tonight is uh, the wonderful duo of uh, Rick and Portia. How are we going? Yay! I'm Yay. so happy. Pretty I'm so happy. I've got a massive headache, I've got a cold, and uh, yeah, loving life at this point in time. What is well, that with the cold that's just sweeping through Adelaide? It's, uh, it's been big time. Everyone I know Hasn't has it? either had it, is having it, or is probably about to have it. So it's uh, it's been a big one. I'm glad I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily uh, everybody from Adelaide is going to be going over there this weekend, isn't it? So I'm sure oh, you'll no. get it in a few weeks' time. Oh, God, yeah. it's even worse. I'll get crow flu. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get crow flu. Watch out. <laughs> uh, that's the worst kind of flu. That one. Terrible. Well... I don't know where to start with this. Um, let's talk about yeah. uh, look. Let's talk about the Brownlow because that's <laughs> on at the moment. Let's talk about the Brownlow. Oh. Is there anything about the Brownlow which is of interest to you tonight? Um, no, because we won't win it. So who cares? Mm. I guess there's yeah. uh, there's only one thing that I'm interested in, and that's whether Danger actually polls more votes than what Martin does. Well, that would be ironic. Why? Well, the fact that he won't be able to win, and we have to see him make out that he doesn't care, and lift his glass and have a skull, and when he when puts really the uh, inside... the medal on Dustin Martin's neck, <laughs> when inside he'll be burning, going, "Man, I could have been great." Damn it! Damn it! Oh, yeah, is, he, is his name now Flopperfield? Flopperfield. Well, it's been there for a long time. Well, he he took a flop against Sloan, really. Oh yeah. Oh, it was a big hit, but he stayed down like he got shot. And, uh, oh. yeah, it, was, it wasn't that big. Come on, Paddy. He would have he rebounded quickly if there was a free kick for a goal. Would that have been, would that have been a free kick during the season? No. No. It was just a good, honest no. collision. Nothing untoward about it. <clears throat> well, I, I will say that seeing as Sam Palpepper's got one Brownlow vote for round two... I think it will be interesting now to just track and see um, which of the Rising Star nominees got the most votes, because Sam's in the lead. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> well, you'll probably get another one against North Melbourne later in the year, but uh, I would assume that Maybe. might be it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's talk... Uh, that's enough of the positives for the evening, and uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, I guess, the two preliminary finals on the weekend. Um, again, I guess there were no real surprises there, but uh, look, it's happened. It's happening. They're in another grand final. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They are. For the first time in 35 years, Richmond are in there. Oh, that is, <laughs> that is a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. Is, I was not even one absurd. year old when uh, when they made their last grand final. Wow. Wow. It's a long time. Wow. A long time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm torn because Richmond actually doing well reminds me how annoying Kevin Bartlett actually is. <laughs> oh, you mean Kevin Bartlett that abandoned Richmond except when they're going well? Yeah, that Kevin Bartlett. <laughs> 
who's now like pro Victoria and screw the rest of the competition. Uh, Kevin Barlow. He's tried to take over from Ted Whitten, I think. Look, un- until about a fortnight ago, I would have said in this matchup I would have preferred the Crows win, if only because that way it wouldn't look like signing coaches for a long time after doing nothing isn't a great idea. But now that we've already done it, yeah, might as well go go Tigers, go Tigers. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, f- I think it's. I don't know. I, I think the Crows are in the box seat. I think they'll, oh, they definitely. should start favourites. They should win comfortably, I think, because I just don't... Like, you look at Richmond's side, and even the bottom end of the Crows' side, and they're just not that good. You just think, this is going to be one of the worst premiership sides of all time, really. Uh, but you look at the back end of Richmond's side, and I always think on grand final day, you rely a lot on the sort of bottom six players in your team. Like, if they, yep. do, you, if they do their job... It doesn't matter if your key forward doesn't kick a bag of goals. It doesn't really matter. So long as the, the bench guys do their job, come in and have an impact, you're probably going to win the game. But I just don't think that guys like Nathan Broad and Jacob Townsend and I know Daniel Rioli kicked uh, four goals on the weekend, but I can't see him backing that up again. I just have a feeling that those sort of bottom six or seven players for Richmond are not going to be able to back it up when it matters. Is it any different to Charlie Cameron kicking five goals, though? Probably not, but Cameron's a lot better footballer than what Rioli is at this stage of their careers. Um, and Cameron has had a, a pretty good year. Uh, he just hasn't really kicked a lot of goals recently, but um, look, he would be almost be my pick of the uh, for the Norm Smith, I think. If he, if he runs loose on the wing, that'll be a Byron Pickett sort of uh, Norm Smith medalist, I think. I kind of, I kind of think that if oh, I would really love uh, if Jenkins, I hope Jenkins is playing. If he got the Norm Smith, because it'd just be the biggest up yours to everyone in the league. <laughs> <laughs> like he gets yeah. a Norm Smith, he kicks seven Joe the Goose goals. Seven kicks, seven Joe the Goose goals, and wins the Norm Smith. That'd be great. That would, that would be. This was your 2017. <laughs> Look, I, I said apparently I said on Big Footy at the uh, start of the season that I would love nothing more than for Richmond to win the premiership this year after uh, Troy Chaplin re- uh, retired at the end of last year. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's my first thought on the matter. And obviously, please just win Richmond. Come on, do the job, do it for your team, really do it for though. your fans, and do it for the million people in bloody South Australia, please. Yeah, Port Adelaide, Richmond, uh, though. <laughs> Port, Port Adelaide's not in there, so who really cares who wins? Yeah. Will you really? be watching it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I'll, 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 what I'm going to do is I'll check the scores about quarter time on my phone, and if it's not one-sided, I'll start watching it. Mm. And if it's the Crows winning by five goals, I'm not going to watch it. I'll be working, and I assume we'll be absolutely dead as, well, we might as well be closed, I think, but... Um, yeah, there, there's no chance I'm watching it live, and uh, I would say there's zero chance I'll be watching a replay if the Crows win as well. Well, there's no excuse for why you can't be practicing your deep fried novelty items then. Craig. That's true. Well, this is very true. <laughs> I'm going to deep fry everything this weekend. I'm, I'm going to deep fry a crow as well. I'm going to find one on the side of the road and stick it in the deep fryer and see what happens. Well, there, well there, is one, there is one thing, which is that um, rather than it being, I think, on a weekday last week or the Friday, got grand final Friday, um, they're playing the under-18s All-Stars match as a curtain raiser for the grand final, so that yes. might be worth watching. That will definitely um, be worth watching. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, 
that, that, it, that's that's our grand final. <laughs> that's yeah. our grand final celebration is watching the under-18s All-Stars and hoping we somehow get back in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> is Jarman MP in the grand final sprint? <laughs> I hope we name Matthew Lobby. Oh. If MP was in there, he'd probably trip over or something. So he's he'd be no chance of winning. But it'd uh, have to be close to the winner for the sprint, though. Surely. No, I, I would put oh. Peter Laddams in there. To be honest, give Laddams a crack. Yeah. Peter Laddams. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Look, let's talk about the other distressing news. I just got home. Good news. Obviously, that is very good news. But uh, more on wow. a more distressing note, uh, the Magpies lost the grand final by one point on the weekend. Um, in. Uh, the usual sort of traumatic fashion that we've come to expect from a Port Adelaide team uh, playing in big games over the last sort of four years. Um, what were your thoughts, Rick, on uh, the SNFL Grand Final? Well, it was very AFL-like. It was pretty... It was a grinding sort of game, obviously. Very low scoring. And um, I don't know. I mean, I guess... I guess for the Maggies, I don't have the passion like some people do. So I was sort of like at the movies eating a bag of popcorn, more intrigued. Um, but um, well, overall, I thought Sturt played a little bit better. And, you know, we had uh, some good contributors. And I thought the Arch did well. And yep. uh, who's number four for the Maggies? Uh, Rudloff. Is that Rudloff, is it? Yep. I thought I thought he was okay. Um, I thought he did some good things, and Bonner did okay. But I thought, yeah, what what we saw with the Maggies was very symptomatic of power, uh, where we lacked execution in the in the front half, where we dominated passages of play, and uh, we didn't really take our chances. And, and Sturt were cleaner and transitioned the ball better. And, uh, yeah, I think they deserve to win. Mm. Oh, look, it just followed the same path of, you know, every sort of uh, loss that the power have had over the last few years. You know, the opposition have got the jump. We've taken a quarter to get back into it. Then in the third quarter, we've come out after halftime, all guns blazing, but haven't been able to put it on the scoreboard. Then we equaled the scores and gave our supporters a lot of hope, only to lose in uh, dramatic fashion. So, you know... It's just a shame that um, this young group um, have somehow been exposed to the cancer of uh, what is the Port Adelaide Football Club at the moment. Yeah. Um, did who who of the young ones played well? Snelling played really well. I thought he was great. Atley was uh, decent, as Rick said. Bonner was really really good. Um, what about Howard? He played well. Uh, how uh, ser- didn't do much. Serviceable. Yeah, he, he was, was serviceable. Logan was there. average. Yeah, Austin... I thought Logan was. A... I thought he was unlucky with that free kick at the end of the game, though. Oh. I mean, I, you know, it was one of those slinging frees, yeah, where the defender slung the forward to the ground. But it was more just he was just a stronger player, and um, yeah. So I thought it was a bit, you know, you could have let it go, but you know, it was probably there. Um, but yeah, well, the, I mean, the big Bonner disappointment for me was probably Brett Eddy, to be honest. Like, um, you know, he's the Ken Farmer medalist. Everyone's been screaming, oh, why hasn't Eddie played all year? And he kicks one behind in a grand final in the biggest game of his career. And uh, that right there is exactly why he hasn't played any more AFL games than what he did. Was he the one at the end of the game where we just needed a score, like with, mm. you know, 
under a minute to go and he couldn't get it through the sticks. He had a snapshot. I didn't pick up. He had yeah. a snapshot on his right foot and it, and he grubbed it from about 30 metres yeah. out and just hit the player yeah. in front of him. <laughs> all he had to that's do right. was get it in the air and it would have uh, tied the scores. We would have been all right. But... Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I was saying to Nicole. We just need a score. It doesn't matter. Go to extra time. How funny would that be? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just couldn't even get it through the goal. So, yeah. um, but say lovey. It's uh, but I guess the more pressing thing is like I guess we can still attribute um, this to the Ken, Ken Hinckley regime, even though Chad's the coach, and that is the fact that we're still losing close games under pressure, and Ken apparently hates losing. And uh, he's doing a good job of putting us in positions where we just lose all the time. Yeah. I think that's a bit rough. Um, it's the Magpies grand final. It's the reserves grand final. And if that's not on Chad Corns, then what's he there for? Yeah, but isn't he implementing the same structure and game style that we play at AFL He's got level? a team full of AFL players. He should be winning that game. Um that, I, I don't. I really don't see how you can blame Ken of anyone else. Like, if you want to blame the entire coaching department, and, if you want to, if you want to blame the development coaches, absolutely blame the development coaches. It's on the um, it's but, on the entire club, yeah. not just Ken. It's, yeah. it's Ken, yeah, it's Chad, it's the vibe, it's uh, it's everything. You know, it's um, as it's I said, the fact that we lost this game in identical fashion to the West Coast game. Uh, identical fashion to about 10 games that we've lost over the last few years. Um, you know, it, it's just squad-wide. It's club-wide. Um, to not be able to come out and uh, and win that game and to, uh, to have a whole bunch of key players just play like they did not care in a grand final, you know, it's not good enough. Not good enough. Well, it's not the first time that, you know, players that have been playing in the AFL come back for a NFL final series and they play pretty ordinary football. Like, that's not the first time it's happened. It's happened in our premiership year, I would have imagined, back in 2004, if I remember yeah, correctly. It's, it's more the... You know? I, I wouldn't say it's the players that came back after who were playing in the AFL. I would say it's the guys that have played there all year that just didn't deliver on the day. Right. So, so like, it's the guys like that Eddie, are expecting like to be delisted on Monday like morning. Lobie. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> But even other guys like Palmer was a bit disappointing. Austin was disappointing. Howard was disappointing. I mean, we had a lot of disappointing guys, and that's why we lost, obviously. But anyway, let's move on. And, uh, hey, hey, about... hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. What about, I think we should recognise someone who performed well under pressure. Yesterday. Zane Kirkwood. Especially in the... He was really good. Especially, especially in the last quarter. Hmm. Corey Beard, regardless of the winning goal, regardless if regardless if he's at the club next year with us or not, um, Archie kicked two killer goals to keep us in the game. He did, he did, he absolutely. Did. Now, you know, one left footer from fifty on the run on the boundary, very Just about goal of the year that like. Hmm. It was an amazing goal, and then the second one, you know, under pressure, cramping up. Noticeably cramping up and and yeah, walking in with a massive limp from cramp, but he was still able to dob it through post high um, from four, you know thirty five forty out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if if some of our more senior players could kick like that under under pressure, I think um, you know we'd be doing very well. Now that's regardless yeah. if he's going to be with us next year or not. But mm. I think that has to be recognised. I mean, they were, they were two great passages of play, and that kept us in the game. 
Yes, no doubt. He was great. And, um, you know, he's one of the best players in the SANFL. That's why he almost won the McGarry medal uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know. I, I do like, I still like the Arch. I'd, I'd be happy to keep him for another year. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen, though. I think it might happen because there's just so much Deadwood to cut. <laughs> That's yeah, really it. I just think that the club believe that he is part of the Deadwood. Well, he might. Plus, yeah, there's the fact that does he year. really want to stay or not? Like, he would be able to get well, probably fifteen to twenty games at you know six or seven other clubs. So maybe he is would just he? looking for another opportunity. See, I'm not convinced he would necessarily. And depending oh, on who would. Gold Coast appoint as their coach, they might not even. Mm. I reckon he would. I'm, I'm with Porsche, though. I mean, I think there's so much that could be trimmed. Um, you know, he, if he wants to stay, he might stay um, with us. He chose to stay at Port last year. Um, like we we, you know. we already talked a couple of weeks ago about, you know, who could we cut? And we already named like eight off the top of our head, and I don't think Archie was even in them. Um, mm. So, yeah. you know, it's not... He's not going to get cut because, oh, gee, we've got such a good list, we're going to have to cut a couple. Like, if we cut him... Um, it will be for specific reasons um, or because we kept someone less deserving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what happened with Aaron Young? How come he didn't play? Well, he wasn't eligible. Oh, did he play too many AFL games, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't think he played that many. Well, no, played, we're we're going to talk about him uh, in a few moments' time, so yeah, we can 13, talk about that yeah. then. Um, okay. Well, look, let's let's move on and talk about uh, our second batch of player reviews for the season. This one is titled "The Ghosts of Seasons Past." Uh, players who've had a bit of an impact, or we've seen at AFL level um, previously, who probably didn't do a whole lot this year. Um, so the first player off the list is uh, Nathan Cracker, who's uh, 29 years old, played no games this year at AFL level, played 15 SANFL games and kicked 22 goals. Uh, he got suspended in the preseason. And uh, never really got close to a looking after that, did he? No, he didn't. Um, there was some dispute over him and Big Footy at the end of last year about, you know, that oh, people saying he should have got promoted and, you know, others like myself saying he should have got delisted and then we'll see where we want him at the end of the rookie draft. Yeah. Um, yeah, I he had exactly the sort of season that we expected, which is that when he has to prove himself and do everything right, he can actually be quite good, but he was already showing signs that he was feeling comfortable where he was at, and I don't know whether that just causes him to lose focus. It seems to have done that pretty consistently over his AFL career, wherever he is, um, that when he feels like he's got a bit of security, he's, he, something trails off, something gets distracted, and yep. I kind of feel like that's the story of Nathan Cracker this year. Yeah, look, I was in the, uh, in the delist camp at the end of last year. I don't understand why we... Um... Upgraded him to the senior list. Uh, I didn't think he had that good a year last year. I thought he became quite lazy and, and comfortable in the side. He was making a lot of mm. mistakes. Uh, it certainly wasn't the player that we saw in 2015 when he first came back. Um, oh, and it, in the end, it was just really a bit of a wasted list spot, to be honest, which might sound a bit harsh, but uh, he didn't get close to a game. He played a few really good games in the SNFL. His, his first showdown earlier in the season was very, very good. He kicked six goals, um, I think, a few weeks back on the verge of the finals. Uh, but outside of that, he just didn't really get going um, at any stage during the year. Yeah. I, not... 
there's probably not a lot more to say about that, is there? Um, <laughs> not pretty really. Much it, really. Pretty much. It. Um, the only other thing Go is, like it. you say, that he was a waste of a list spot. I mean, there were probably rookies we could have taken that you would say were probably better for us going forward. Um, just trying to find the list now, but yeah. We'll be a quick show tonight. Thanks. Yep. Probably. Next oh, player thanks. is uh, Matty Loby, who uh, is 28 years old, played no thanks. games this year. <laughs> played 18 <laughs> SANFL games uh, for 28 hitouts and 12 disposals. And uh, a massive for Loby, three marks a game, which was uh, quite impressive, I thought, uh, for Matthew. Um, again, he didn't really get a look in. Ryder was uh, obviously all Australian this year. He didn't really miss any games. I think he missed one. Um we obviously had Trengove in the side as well. Uh, and his SANFL form, probably, again, similar to, to Cracker, wasn't all that good for most, of, for most of the year. How did he poll the most votes, like points, like fantasy points for yesterday? Because well, I didn't he had really 55 see hitouts. And he didn't. Was score. that why? I don't think he's... Oh, yeah, he might have scored the most, yeah. But that, that would be the main... He, reason why and he probably laid 10 tackles as well so yeah it was it was just a very ineffectual game and he is just so slow i don't we, know we I don't really know played into uh, sturt's hands i thought um with what we did in the ruck scenario because all we did was sort of tap it down and sturt were able to bottle it up and uh that really played into their hands we, we needed to try something a bit different uh, and maddie really needed to sort of um hoist the ball pretty far away from the pack yeah. on a few occasions, just do something a bit different, get the runs going. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like Once again, his uh, hit-outs to advantage was pretty low for for, for an experienced AFL Ruckman playing in the SANFL. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near good enough, I don't think. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, the big question is, what do we do with Loby next year? We spoke about this last week. Cut, 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 cut. cut. Yep. I mean, it it just makes logical sense. You know, do we want to carry him on good money for the next two years when he's probably not going to get a game and he's going to um, threaten the development of Frampton and Laddams in the reserves? Or do we, you know, take the advantage of uh, the upgrade in the salary cap this year and uh, pay out his contract and include it in the salary cap this year and just say uh, thanks for your service buddy yep well if we can't if we can't pull a big name player which we'd assume we probably can't yeah I'm with you guys I would just cut it yeah yeah there's no it's not even oh, that's not even controversial now you know this is not it's not it's I really don't not he, it'll be controversial if we don't do it anymore it'll be controversial if we don't do it a lot, he does yeah, have a few supporters on Big Footy as opposed to sort of, you know, maybe we should keep him for backup sort of thing because nah. if we're losing Trengovers as well, then if Ryder goes down, then we're playing a bunch of zero gamers uh, in the right I'd rather Sounds play good. Frampton. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I would rather give Frampton a go. I think he's ready to step up. Um, look, matty has been a really good servant of our footy club. He's tried his oh. hardest, but it's time to, uh, to cut ties. See, I didn't even think his fourteen was that good. No, you know my opinion. You know my opinion, opinion on it. People just, people just got sucked <laughs> in. 
People just got sucked in by something. I don't know what it was. But, no, well, um... I don't think it was even that. I think it was just desperation because we knew we didn't have anyone behind him. You know, I mean, certainly yeah. that's, what, that's what happened to the club. That well, we had he had an all right one. year. He had an all right year in 2014. His ruck work wasn't all that great and it's never been all that no, great. Terrible. Um, but his sort of follow-up work, the stuff that he did on the ground, um, his quick kicks out of packs, that sort of thing I really, really liked about Matty Lobie. And for whatever reason, that sort of thing just disappeared from his game completely after 2014. Um, we, we know he got injured in the preseason in 2015. Maybe that's had an impact on his ability to do those things. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but I think it's time to cut ties with Matthew and uh, say thanks for your service and, uh, and move on. Okay. Next, and Next. Uh, speaking of Matthew, Matty White, uh, who's 30 years old, played seven games this year, averaged 13 touches a game, also played 12 SANFL games for 16 disposals a game. Um, played a surprise seven games this year, I think, Matty. Uh, I'm not sure too many people sort of expected him to get a go. Uh, he came in for the Collingwood game, played really, really well, and then uh, came a, a little bit of a mainstay in the side for, for a bit there. Uh, but got uh, got dropped again on the verge of the finals, and, and that was it. Yeah, well, you're forgetting that he did come in for that Greater Western Sydney game where he did nothing. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Understandable that I uh, forgot that one. But uh, Yes, yes, and then came in for Collingwood and had that one good game and then just de- declined, utterly declined. Mm. Um, 21 well, he, disposals, he 17, in. 10, 15, 10, 9. Look, he he was recruited. He did his job for the first two years, and he's been injured or in poor form ever since. Like he's at the end of his career, he's had a decent career. Played 150 AFL games. Um, you know, he, he had a really really good year in uh, 2014 for us, um, and was one of the real sort of key reasons why we made a prelim final that year. Um, but look, once again, I think it's just uh, one of the easier decisions to make is to. Uh, say goodbye and delist him at the end of this year. Correct. Yeah, that's a very easy one. Very easy. He, was, he, looked, he looked cooked in the grand final. You know, and I'm with you, Macca. First couple of years, he was a good serviceable player, but he's just his body's shot, and uh, he doesn't have that speed anymore. No. So, uh, yeah. And that, that's for, what he really needs to have part in of his it. sort of game. Like, with yeah. how he plays, he needs that burst speed. Um, if he doesn't have that burst speed, then you know, he's just not going to win enough of the bowl but you know 30 years old you know he'll be retiring yeah next is uh, Jimmy Tumpus who is uh, 23 years old played two games for an average of 20 touches a game played 19 SANFL games for 23 touches a game was uh, our biggest accumulator of the bowl at SANFL level um, he played his two games at the AFL level he had an okay game against Hawthorne in a thrashing and uh, was a liability in the Essendon game and we didn't see him again. Yeah, he was right up there among players in the start of the season. Everyone's saying, oh, SNFL form. Like, constant question on the Spreaker chat and well, not Spreaker chat, but on the questions and the thing is, you know, Tumpus or whatever else and Monfries is the other one. Um, but the SNFL form doesn't matter, you know. Uh, mm. He was never going to do anything that exceptional at AFL level. He had not shown any exceptional traits in his previous attempts, um, and he just didn't have any, really. Yeah, he, he accumulated a lot of easy disposals 
yesterday. And I think that's just how he, he plays the game now. And again, he's another one that's saying with his hip injuries, definitely lost his yard of pace. And yeah. um, He never had it with us. <clears throat> no. no, that's right. No, he lost he, it at he Melbourne. Had it before. He lost it at Melbourne, or you know, but he had it definitely when he got recruited by Melbourne. So, um, yeah, again, it's a shame. And I guess there's no X factor there. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about Arch and Tumpus and if you were going to keep one of them, even though both of them haven't really delivered what we'd hope, you know, at least Arch has got a bit of an X factor and oh, I, have, I can't really see that X that's all he's got. Ten times out of ten, you'd, you'd pick Archie <laughs> over Tumpus. Look, full credit to Tumpus. He's had to obviously change his game. He's gone from that sort of burst wingman um, to a halfback. But in the end, he's just a, another Sammy Cahoon, really. Um, he just sort of hangs out across halfback. Um, you sort of give him the ball because he's free. He doesn't sort of go near contest too much. And for, for a player that's playing that sort of role, his disposal is nowhere near good enough uh, to do that sort of role at AFL level. Yeah, no, absolutely not. We gave it a shot. It should have been a one-year test, and when it didn't work out at the end of year one, he should have been gone, but apparently not. So he's got to go this year, there's no doubt. You know that Port Adelaide's the contract club, Porsche. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Um, Will the club yeah. be seduced by his SNFL form and give him another one-year deal? Uh, if they do, we need to fire everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not even yeah. joking. If we give if we give Tumpus another year, then there is not a single person that has seen that contract that we want at that club. Not a single person. If it even but, uh, crossed your desk, if you even saw someone talking about it and you let it happen, you're out in my book. That's it. Done. But do you think they might get sucked in by the fact that... Um... What? By what? No, no, what no, are no, they going like, to get sucked our... in by? But we don't have many draft... Like, we don't have many early draft picks, so... So what? They... Do you... No, so so do you Carlton think does and trade for four delistes from GWS. <laughs> yeah, but do you think they might just get <laughs> still in by the fact? Yeah, well, going, you know, oh, what's Tumpus going to improve that? <laughs> we'll, there, look, we'll there is a chance as... that we do keep him, I think. There, there is a, a very uh, slim chance. I would say goodbye. Thanks for coming. You're just trying to piss me off now. <laughs> no, I, I do honestly think, There's look, no it's, it's not Absolutely a good draft. No we don't have a lot of good draft picks. There is a chance that... In the list management meetings, they might consider that keeping him for one more year um, to make a sort of easy delisting next year when it is a very good draft and we'll have better draft picks. You can just pick a guy that's been delisted from another club and at least then there's that chance to see him and how they go in a different environment, whereas we already know that Tumpus does not work at all. All I'm saying is we have done this before with a number of players. Well, we have, absolutely. And Jimmy Tumpus could follow Um, the Tommy Logan, Kane Mitchell, Paul Stewart, Cam Hitchcock sort of path um, and stay on a, a year or, or so too long. Every one of them every one of them showed more than Tumpus has. Every one of I them. Agree. I agree. I loved, loved, I loved Cam Hitchcock. I thought he was a great player. No, he was, was very unlucky. maligned. He was very <laughs> he was maligned. He, by the he, he was the opposite of Jarman Impey in that he could kick in a straight line and run in a straight line but he couldn't do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's true. This is, this, is what, no, but this is way off topic but the barrage of abuse that he got in 2012 at one of our games like from yeah. the supporters, oh, it was appalling. I was actually, I was actually embarrassed. Like, it was, it was borderline disgraceful abuse, like F words and yeah, it's not a player's fault if they get picked when they're not, and if they're not good enough. But you know, it was. I thought it was, he was really all right. bad. 
I thought he was all right, yeah, and I, I could understand okay. why we kept him for so long because we didn't have another player that could sort of do what he could do. Um, yeah, which is why we sort yeah, of kept him, and he kept getting unlucky with injuries at the wrong time, and he'd have really great SNFL form, get, almost getting the side, and then do a hamstring. Like he did that about five times. Um, so I, I can certainly understand why we kept Cam Hitchcock. I don't understand why we kept why we might keep Jimmy Tumpus. Uh, I think that also the important thing I think the important thing to say about Cam Hitchcock too is that yeah okay having that attitude when you have the minimal resources we had then absolutely Um, you know because you might say oh well because what's supposed to happen is that you give a player a chance and then in the new AFL environment where they're developing all this sort of stuff they might turn into a better player than they necessarily seem to be at the time you draft them but back you know in the primacy era obviously no we didn't really have that and maybe even in the early Ken era um, but now we're supposed to be like, we've got good draftees coming through. Yeah. <laughs> we have got a yeah. couple of good draftees coming through. I can't think of a single game. I'd rather see Tumpus play than Willem Drew, for example. Um, yeah. so re- reality is that we should very much be in a position where we're saying, okay, if our development guys are any good, which well, I don't know, maybe hopefully then we should be able to pick up a halfback flanker. Like we just did it this year, Dan Houston. We've done yeah. it. He's, he's, he, there's one that's already worked out. So the idea that we could not replace Jimmy Tompas, um with someone younger that can run um, and maybe not, you know, just sort of float around and do nothing, I, I just think that is just the, the most well, ridiculous we don't even call need to we possibly him, really. Because no, we don't. We've got we about don't. 18 well, halfback flankers on our list anyway. So you I'm probably, all for calling half of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and taller as well. But there's nothing uh, so, that he can do that Bono can't do a hell of a lot better, for example. No, and look, we, we will draft, if we want to, we can draft a halfback flanker this year in the third round or later that can do anything that Tompas can do. Yeah. Yes. All right. Next player is uh, Aaron Young, 24 years old, played 13 games this year for 11 goals. Mm. Um, nine SANFL games where he averaged 28 disposals and kicked 14 goals as well. Obviously, at SANFL level, he is a class above. He's uh, the classic tweener at the moment, kind of like Arch, where he's uh, you know, clearly too good for state-level footy. But um, you know, he, he regressed a fair bit this year. Like He kicked 37 goals last year. Um, looked like lightning on that forward flank uh, for much oh. of last season. Uh, started the year in good fashion, kicked three against Sydney in round one, had a really good game against Frio in round two, uh, but it was all downhill from there and uh, didn't kick the any goals for the rest of the year. It was the tackle, Macca. The tackle? The Crows tackle did him in. Yeah. He wasn't the same after that tackle. He wasn't the Well, he kicked two goals against Carlton in round five. He sort of came in and out of the side after that. I agree he probably wasn't... Um, you know, at his best after that. Like, if, if it was that bad, like, just put him in for surgery. Like, why don't we put him in for surgery? Hmm. Good question. Yeah. We were playing... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fear. Absolutely fear that we would not be able to replace him in the side because we are an afraid club. We are an afraid football club off the field as well as on the field potentially, but definitely off the field. That's why we give all our players... Please don't leave contracts. Um, that's why we play broadbent when he's cooling or travelling when we just keep trying to push him in. But it's like, come on, we can replace a halfback flanker. Um, mm. You know, it's 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 that we we rel- we trust the guys that have been there too much, as opposed to people we don't know. Yeah. 
it was in a, it's a, we're a xenophobic club. We're a xenophobic phobic club, realistically. You know, we, 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 the guys we know are great and the ones we don't. I mean, we're a very traditional South Australian club in that respect, aren't we? We kind of this, mm. we are the we are the team for all South Australians in that we don't trust anyone that's not here right now. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Well, he played thirteen <laughs> games. I would say that's probably three or four too many for for his form for much of the year. Um, I don't know. Where do we go with Aaron from now? Like, should he be trade bait? Um, yep. Yes. I mean, well, we missed it. We missed a trick last year. Last year, yeah. we would have got a, maybe a second rounder for him. Maybe. But you see, well, the concern I, I with his form last year. That, yeah, I don't. I think it's pretty clear that we should have uh, tapped out on top last year. I don't think he was ever a chance of recreating that sort of form. Um, this year, I said at the start of the year, I'd be surprised if he kicked ten goals. He kicked eleven. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like one of those sort of flash out of the pan years and then he's going to revert back to type, which is kind of what he's done. Well, it's because there wasn't any... His form didn't show any reason for it to be that good. Like, he didn't suddenly have a really great work rate. or well, he had a pretty good work rate, but not super, super better or anything. He didn't suddenly get that extra bit of speed, extra bit of strength. He didn't suddenly become a strong marker. Like, he didn't actually add anything particularly noticeable to his game. He just had a good season where he, I guess, was fit the whole time um, and that was working in the side. But it's not as though he ever had a big bag of tricks or anything like that that you want a medium forward to have. Um, and he's just ran out. He's run out of tricks. He doesn't have them. Um, oh, I think you're being a bit harsh. Like He had a great run last year where he was sort of He getting, did have a great run. You know, 18 but, to 22 touches and, and a few goals a week every week for, for a long time last year, which was great. Yeah, um, yeah. But the way he sort of got those goals was... It was baffling, right? Yeah, it was kind of like a mini Josh Jenkins <laughs> in that regard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I exactly. still prefer him as a midfielder. I still think like his ability to win clearances and get first hands on the ball and keep his hands clear in tackles and deliver a handball um, is still as good, if not better, than pretty much all our midfielders in the side. Well, I mean, you say that, but like right now, um, looking for the next two seasons, let's say, um, he's kind of surplus in that respect. Um, he's not the sort of midfielder we need to be injecting into the top side. Uh, if we're talking about him as a midfielder again, you know, we've got Atlee and Drew who will come in and certainly perform us. You'd hope at a similar level, not with the goal yep. kicking, obviously, because they'll be playing in the midfield. Yeah. Um, so what's he doing? Like the only thing Young will really do is be not, quite as good overall as, you know, a, a Wines or a Boke, um, but not be noticeably better than an Atlee or a Drew. Uh, so what's, what would he add? I'm not sure much. So I would so definitely if, have if him on the If you had the choice of keeping one of Archie and Young, who would you keep? Oh, shit. Um, I'd keep Archie. Yeah, I'd keep Archie, and I don't want to keep Archie. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is because at least he offers something a little bit different, even if it's inconsistent. Whereas I think, like, Aaron, I just don't see him adding anything in any... Like, I don't see a world in which he is more valuable than the players that played most of the good games this year, like, played a good number of eight games this year. Yeah. Really? Um, I'd probably keep young. Archie at least has some exceptional traits. I'd probably keep young. You're just trying to be controversial. Well... I, mean, I don't think so. That, that... Like Young's outperformed Archie at AFL level, which is what matters. Um, 
you know, we, we talk about Archie's handball, but how often has, has he really sort of delivered a, a cracking handball in the last sort of but two But maybe seasons? he's instructed. The last time he did one was in 2015, and that was a long, long time ago now. But maybe think... he's instructed not to do that. Oh, no. I, I think that the main difference is so. that um, you'd have to say that of the two, there might be more upside with Archie. And if we're talking about it, keeping one of them with the idea that they'll probably spend most of the time in the SNFL, then, you know, why would you not take the chance on the guy that might actually improve? Mm. Do you think that either of those could be used as a trade bait with West Coast to try and get Malcolm Carpenter? Well, I don't, don't know about Malcolm Carpenter, but um, I know West Coast are interested in Archie. Um, I think Frio cool. are as well. Gold Coast are... Uh, so there's a few clubs out there which are oh, sort of keen yeah, for his services. So, um, you don't what, think Carpenter would get for could be a like for like? Well, they don't want to do a like for like. Malcolm well, Carpenter, well, well, he's a poor what man's they going by doing that? Hmm. Is he? You, you don't, Rick, you don't trade marginal propositions for their exact opposite at another club. Well, isn't that what you were saying? Get someone else from another club and just see what they're like on our list. Yeah, but, but at least in a different role. <laughs> you know, it, like you don't yeah, just say, not... oh. What's Malcolm? Was Malcolm? Is Malcolm a halfback flanker? Oh, no. Half forward flanker? Well, he's yeah. played, uh, I think, in defence at waffle level and played sort of either through the midfield or up forward at uh, AFL level in his few games. Hey, I'm just throwing out there maybe a potential South Australian for a Western Australian swap. That's all. Don't shoot me, man. I've just given you something. So good. To make this so interesting. Good. It's a it's an interesting proposition. I think um, if we can get Big something for Vickers, Macca. <laughs> if we if we can get something for Archie, I probably would. Um, I think we're going to be uh, seeing Aaron Young with us next year. Um, hopefully he can kind of rekindle some of his form from uh, from uh, from 2016, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, if not, uh, then I would say yeah, he he will be gone at the end of next year. Yeah. We'll soon find out. We will soon find out. That's right. And last player on our list is uh, Angus Monfries, who's uh, 30 years old, played the one game this year. Uh, played 13 SANFL games for 18 disposals and kicked 14 goals as well. Um, he's already he's already on the poker tour, right? Yeah, pretty much, I think. Um, yeah, I've heard some rumours about what he's going to do next year, which is uh, interesting. Um, yeah, what's that? But, oh, I'm not going to say. Uh, but yes, uh, obviously he came back Why from not? his year off last year. Um, I think a lot of people hoped that we would see more of Gus Monfries. This year, I think there were stages where we probably could have played Gus Monfries a bit more uh, through that middle part of the season. Um, He got his go in the showdown in a thrashing, and uh, he really struggled out there. He he didn't look fit enough, uh, wasn't moving well enough, and uh, just sort of uh, his season pitted out after that a little bit, I think. I don't know about you, Porsche, but I want to know more about this uh, post-career rumour. Why all, all in good time, mate. All in good time, mate. Um, are you disappointed we didn't get to see more of Gus this year? No. Um, Not really. Well, the only role he could have played is one that I guess doesn't work all that well with the press, maybe, or at least we don't think it does, which is that lead out forward. Like, that's 
we feel like we needed it. But to be that lead-up forward, you kind of need to be in the forward line, and we kept emptying ours out. So the question yeah. then is whether he would have the fitness and the speed to do that, and I, I don't think he had that. So, no. Mm. No, I don't. I mean, he was great in a couple of years ago, and obviously the suspension and age and everything else. It's, He's um... in the Matty White boat. Yeah. You know, he yeah. came here at our sort of lowest ebb. He had three pretty good years. He had one exceptionally good year and two pretty good years. And, uh, you know, he did his job. And uh, I think he will always be remembered fondly for that. How do we feel about our free agency activity now? Like with Montfries and White, we've had, we've had the view of their full time with us and the big long contracts where they played a couple of good years and then kind of nothing much. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about those now? How do we feel about doing that again with, you know, a, a Motlot maybe or a Menzel? Well, they filled a need. Yeah. Well, Matty yeah. White was, okay. uh, was wonderful in 2014. Monfries was wonderful in 2013 and was really, really good in 14. Both of them played yeah, exceptionally but... good finals when we made it. Um but you're offering four-year contracts fault. for two years of football. <laughs> that's the only that, like that's the only issue as far as I can see it. Like that seems to be our trend anyway with the guys we recruit. Yeah, we we um, didn't know that hey. at, at the time with Gus though. Like I think he's been a bit unfortunate. Um, like was we he... didn't know that we were picking up a player that was going to be suspended for twelve months at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I think and... for him it's a little bit unfortunate. Like, I'm just like Matty White was very injury prone at Richmond. I'm happy we got two full seasons out of him be honest well yeah that was uh certainly and look issue. it nearly worked it nearly worked we almost made a grand final with him um you know if you if you don't give it a go like i, f- I feel like they, they were the right decisions to make at the time uh, we needed someone like monfries up forward when we got him and we needed someone like maddie white on the wing when we got him as well um to get him yeah, and uh, Polek in the same year i thought was uh was wonderful and they suited our game style perfectly um, it, it just seems like we make a lot of those decisions where we're recruiting for the next two years and we're signing for the next three or four, um, and that's biting us in the ass so often. Uh, well, look, mm. both of them got one-year deals this year, so I would yeah, yeah, probably year, say absolutely. that they were unnecessary for both of them, to be honest. Yeah. And we spoke about yep. that at the end of last year as well. Like, you know, Matty White's probably not going to play much next year. Why have we offered him a contract? You know, is Gus Monfries going to ping his hamstring every time he runs out on the park next year should we have given him a contract so I think you've got to look at those two contracts without this year because that's not what the original contract was so I think in that case I think they look a bit better than uh, than adding the uh, the extra year which was probably unnecessary but Gus was worth a four year contract just for his showdown goal the bounce <laughs> I mean, it was amazing, <laughs> and it tore tore the heart out of every. Can I support. can I just say, Rick, if if Macca and I start talking about um, Port Adelaide, you know, having players around for the wrong reasons, you don't get to chime in and disagree with anything we say from now on. <laughs> if that's your if that's your attitude to that, no. <laughs> Come on, well, bounce, I think he'll be remembered forever. It's amazing. He'll be remembered forever for that one moment, but. The thing yeah. I'll always remember about uh, Gussie was um, just how well he performed in big games. Like he was a big game player for us, and you know he often had sort of quiet games, sort of mid-year, and you know there was a lot of people sort of questioning, oh, should he be dropped? But 
you know, when push came to shove, when it came to finals, I thought he was really good in 2013. I thought he was one of our best finals players um, through 2014. Had a great final against Richmond. Um, had a massive second half against Hawthorne. Nearly won us the game. Um, and, and that's what I'm going to remember. Uh, he came and he did a job and, and performed when it mattered. I think that the most um, notable thing is that he just always offered leads before the whole team were doing that. Um you know, like I think that when he came to us, like we still had we had players that as forwards maybe were not always working as hard as you'd want them to, and he did, he did, yeah. he did. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Questions. Uh, we've got a few. Uh, first hey. one from Johnson. Yes. We've kind of spoken about this, but um, how lucky is Aaron that he won't be delisted? Um. Well, I mean, he's not the luckiest at the club, is he? <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't have we'll a contract for next year, if he didn't have a contract for next year, would he be in trouble? No, no, no. For the reasons we already said, there's heaps of people to cut already. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. I think the luckiest man on our list is Matthew Lobie. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. like you don't compete with that. <laughs> He's laughing. I'd love to get four hundred and fifty thousand a year for five years and just coast. How great's that? That'd be good. Um, right. Uh, Johns has asked another question. If you got paid an extra 90% for doing your job playing footy on the weekend, compared to your peers, what would you do with the money and would you let your opposition ruck know about it? Oh, no. You've got to be... I don't know. Like The presumption of that is that Lobby's a dickhead. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And I, for all the things you might say about Matthew Lobby and how his contract's handled, like I never got the impression that he's a dickhead, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think he's a very nice man, uh, Matty. He probably yeah. is. Yeah. But yeah, I think so too. I think he's getting paid more than uh, every other SNFL club's salary cap, so he can laugh his way to the bank, yeah. really. And it's not his fault that he got offered that contract. No, very true. Very, very true. And yeah, what's he going to do? No, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want this nice fat contract. No. And why? Well, and why would he have to go? Look, I'm playing really shit. Don't don't pay me that anymore. I'll um, I'll just walk away for nothing. I mean, <laughs> what what person's going to do that? No one. No one. Um, no. Right, Pommy Power. How much concrete do I need to swallow when the cows win next week? And I'll be forever reminded of this heartbreaking season. Hmm. Just hard, yeah, just harden up. I mean, honestly, I don't really care. Well, I mean, if it's not poor, I don't really care. I don't, it, 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 any of the 17 clubs, I don't give a crap. So, uh, yeah, well, get over it. Don't worry about it. As it's I've said, a, I'm fine other... with the Crows winning the flag. I'm, I've come to terms with it. I've sort of realised a few years ago that they're building a squad which is good enough to do it. Uh, if they win it this year... They've been the best team all year. They should win it. Is it going to be the worst thing ever? Probably not. You know, life will go on. We'll we'll still be there next year, and hopefully, it's the kick up the ass that uh, that we really need to um to make sure we win another run of our own. I can see myself being a lot more annoyed by what happens in trade week than what happens in the grand final. Yeah. The worst the worst thing ever is us actually not taking our chances and making top four. 
Yeah. Oh, Look, I, I'm much more yeah. annoyed at how we've played this year as opposed to what they will be doing this weekend. Yeah. Winners yeah. are grinners. That's it. Well, I mean, uh, this is rea- reality is like pretty much every off-season, with few exceptions, apart from I think the Doty draft, um, we have said the Crows have had a good draft. They've had a good off-season. And, you know, in terms of their list management, in terms of their drafting, yeah, they've lost players along the way, but they've recruited well enough to be able to replace them and then, pay, and then you know, go forward with their draft picks. And that's been the case. For, I think it's been, what, seven years that I've been saying the Crows have had a good draft just about, with a couple of exceptions. Yeah. Uh, and this has just been the end result of it, really. You know, they've done that slow build, same as Geelong did back in the day, and they've got a, a very formidable list uh, because they drafted the right sorts of players and they stuck with them in the side and... Um, they didn't just keep going, oh, shoot, we need to draft a 179-centimetre midfielder to fill a gap this year and yep. sign in for four. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, this, is, this is all an expression of list management. I'm sure someone like Janus will say it's about the press and all that sort of stuff, but the reality is like, there's only so much you can do with what you got and what they got right now is a lot. Yep. So, mm. All right, that's enough about them. Uh, CT Power has asked, uh, over the last three years, Keith Thomas has often used Jason Cripps' prediction of when our list would peak, which is uh, 2017 and 18, to deflect the numerous poor performances. Given the significant change in team selection post the showdown, where does this leave Cripps and his five-year plan? Would you persist with him? Uh, I think and before a fortnight ago, I might have had a crack at Cripps. Because he is, you would presume, the guy that's responsible for all of this weird contracting we're doing. Um, but the reality is, if we're still doing it to the senior coach, like that's back on Chris Davies, you know, like yeah. Ken Hinckley's contract, bizarrely long contract extension matches all the ones we've been giving to players, and that goes beyond the list manager. Yeah. Uh, so, no, nah, I'm hanging I'm hanging it on Chris on Davies right now, thanks. Uh, yep. I'm back on that one. Yep. Mm. That's a universal football department problem. Um, coaches' appointments, uh, all of them, like Fossey's five-year, whatever it was, um, Hearts four years like, and that is exactly in line with what we've been doing with players. So yeah, no, nah, it's all about all on Davies now. I think structurally, Alice is in a pretty good spot. I think we've got some really good young tolls coming through the system. I'm I'm really excited tall about boys, what some boards. of us smalls can do. Look, we can always add more. That's that's for sure. Um, but look, I think structurally, Alice is pretty good, and uh, I can certainly tall see if it continues to develop. Um, we could see some success. And look, I think we've got, with Laddams and Frampton, I think we've got two potentially pretty good Ruckman, uh, especially Laddams. I think um, I think he's going to be the, you know, the joker in the pack. Hopefully, but we need tall forwards. Tall forwards, tall forwards, tall forwards. Just put me on loop, record me and put me on loop throughout the background of every podcast forever. Um <laughs> That's that's their one criticism you'd have to have of Cripps. But then again, Cripps got us... Well, I don't know. Someone got us Dixon. Maybe yeah. it was Cripps. I don't know. It was really well, Ken, though. Really we, have dr- we have drafted a lot of key forwards under Cripps. They've just not been very good. And I guess yeah. that's the yeah, trouble. You've got you know, to, we, we That's got, standard. We got Mason Shaw. We got Butcher. We got um, Mitch Harvey. So we've given it a fair crack. Um, oh, one first round and two third rounders. Well, as I said, we... Look, there were other parts of our side which needed um, uh, needed fixing as well. Like, would you rather I don't know, but... like name me the key fours that were picked after Wingard and Wines? Like, would you rather them I, or Wingard and Wines? I can't do that off the top of my head. Yeah, well, mm. <laughs> what are you talking about? Even if you don't use your top or eight picks, 
to draft tall forwards. I mean, Jesus, you've got to do something. But they've got, they've got to be there be... to be able to draft them. That's that's my whole point. Well, couldn't we, Brown, couldn't we Brown. be creative? <laughs> like, don't start. We've got a place where a, we've got a place you don't want me to start. Of, don't um, make me start. <laughs> guys, Sorry, you go, Rick. You go, Rick. Settle down with your <laughs> forward hate. I mean, couldn't we just be logical and go? We've got a lot of X. We've got a lot of defenders. Let's maybe try Dougal Howard up forward because we need another forward. Even though he had a great finish to the year as a defender. No. no. Why? He's a natural defender. Because we need him. And we need him in the side as well. I've, look, I but think he's... he's based on what? One SANFL game. Yeah, and oh. also... also he did this a right before. Thing. He did his knee in the forward lines. This is the thing about Howard specifically. He one good half. Is that he... Is that Howard specifically is the tallest tall defender we have, which means he's the only guy that can play on the tall guys like John Patton and all that stuff fairly reliably and contest. No, he hasn't done there it yet, goes. but he's the, he's the guy that's got the, physic, the, the physical, the the pace enough and height enough and marking ability and one for centering enough apparently um, to keep up with those big guys when they're on form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, if Logan we don't have him in it, he's not that tall. He's not that tall. Howard's got at least he's... two inches on him. Um, no, not two yeah. inches. I reckon. No. I reckon it'd be Logan, close. Logan's no. 195, no. 196. Oh, that's not true. Let's, let's Dude, go. Dude's 199. And Logan's 195. Austin's 195. So four centimetres. There you go. Oh, two inches. There you go. Nah, that's not two, two inches. inches. That's like... Well, that's more than one. That's like 1.7. <laughs> What's more than one? Two. No, <laughs> two 1. inches 7. if you're me- measuring things, but uh, outside of that, it's, um, it's not really. For guys like Mac. For guys like Mac and I, yes, we would get we would get that pedantic on the technicalities for, yeah. um, for reasons we don't need to go into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Ah, uh, but no, no, we need in defence just because we like, we were complaining earlier in this year before we were playing Howard. Oh, geez, you know we get exposed by the genuine tall uh, in our defence, which we do. Uh, so we we can't afford to take him out of there. And if you say, oh, well, one. suddenly he's tall enough, yeah. quick enough, is yeah. a wonderful spoiler, good mark, yeah. good kick. Takes the game on. He is going to be a significantly better defender than he ever will be a forward. That too. You just don't know that. I You're just... just assuming that. Well, it's a oh, fair assumption anyway, to make, I think. I don't. I do. I digress. How's the Brownlow going? Oh yeah, I haven't checked that. Uh, it's an advert at the moment, so not too sure. But I think uh, Dangerfield. I think Sloane's winning with uh, Dangerfield and Martin not far behind. But there you uh, go. There's the icing on the cake for the. Crows hater port supporters of Roy Sloan won the medal. Well, we knew that he was going to have a big first half of the season because he was best on ground just about every week until about round nine. So, and then he sort of uh, fell away a bit. So, how, would how expect, much of a lead uh, does he have? Oh, like one vote or something. So, it's not. Hey guys, not, not too much. Zach Zach Merritt's fourth. Zach Merritt. There you go. <laughs> Zach Merritt, ineligible and fourth. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't, why not? Why not? Why not give Essendon the hat trick of what three all Australians, the rising star, and Zach Merritt as the almost Brownlow? Why not? Mm. <laughs> mm. Look, I'm. Must have a good year. I'm loving the fact that we picked um, Jarman Impey ahead of Zach, Zach Merritt uh, more and more by the day. <laughs> to be honest. Ah, uh, oh, but that, the thing that annoys me still the most is that we say, "Oh, yeah, but we would have drafted Impey earlier." <laughs> mm. 
Yes. Uh, look, next <laughs> no. question. Monkey Tunk Man. Okay. Why do port losses not affect me like they used to? Why do I go to games expecting to lose now when in the past there was a sort of arrogance that we'd be unbeatable? Probably because we haven't we been suck. unbeatable for about 25 years. Because uh, because you've trained to watching football played a certain way and we've never played it because we've never sought the personnel that can enable us to do it. Um, and that is because we, you know, people that have been watching football for 20-something years are used to seeing teams that have got a centre-half forward and a full forward and a few other guys around them. And that is a very structured form of football that we don't play and we haven't played. Uh, we briefly tried to play it with Warren Treadray, but we, that second tour never really quite happened. Um, whereas right now, you go watch the Crows, and it's very traditional in that respect. Uh, and it's quite enjoyable, and they look like they're going to win. Um, because you can see it when you're sitting in the stand. You can look down the field and say, yeah, we've got guys there. Cool. I don't know a lot about football, but I know enough to know that if you've got a big guy running around in space and there's a ball heading towards him, you've got a pretty good shot. Um, I think that's a lot of it for me. Like for me, when I go to games and I, I see there's a couple of key forwards there that are, you know, pretty decent, then you feel very confident, even if the result doesn't go your way. So, yep. Mm. Look, I, I can understand why um, losses don't affect people like they used to. They don't affect me like they used to because we've just been, you know, just screwed over with so many heartbreaking losses over the last sort of ten or twelve years. Um, that. Mm. You know, in the end, you just become a little bit numb to these things. And look, as I said after the West Coast game, um, I just sort of sat back and went, "Yep, that'd be right," <laughs> and and moved on. And uh, it was pretty much exactly the same um, yesterday as well after the SNFL game. Um, whereas, you know, probably even three or four years ago, I would have been shattered after uh, after both of those. And as Rick likes to recount, um, I was in tears after the Hawthorne final in 2014, but <laughs> wasn't even anywhere close to that after this West Coast game because I just figured it was going to happen. Oh, it was just the... Just, so it was until we, until we prove ourselves that we are not going to do that in the future, then there's always going to be that thought in the back of your mind, are we going to screw up again? But I don't think they care enough. I really just don't think they oh. they bleed enough that oh, they want to they win enough. those. I just yeah, don't think they're I, good I enough. Well, uh, for, for me, I don't know. Uh, for me, a lot of it comes from the fact that even for, like right now in 2017, for an average win, our guys have to work so hard and you can see that they have to work so hard. Um, you know, when you see a Charlie Dixon play this year, he has to run so much. He has to do so much. And he's not the only guy on the side that is in that position. And I think that when you're watching your team and everything they're trying to do, they're having to work so much harder than the opposition to do it. Um, that takes a lot out of the confidence of you being well, doing well. And I think that probably takes a lot out of the, not just physically out of the players, but the fact that you have to work so hard to get that one goal. Um, that's that's demoralising in a way, you know, when, when everything is an uphill struggle. Um the whole time, I don't know. Yeah. Like, who's who's got the better morale right now? Charlie, or ignoring the final position, but it would it be Charlie Dixon or Josh Jenkins? And you know, Josh Jenkins, he has a pretty pretty nice career. You know, mm. um, he wouldn't work half as hard as Charlie Dixon, and he'd feel pretty confident most games um, because he knows it's all going to go all right. He's he's going to be able to lift occasionally when he has to, and most of the time, as long as he works fairly hard, he'll be all right. 
Whereas Charlie Dix has to pull one out of his ass basically any time he wants to have a good game. So, um, yeah, and there's a that's just one player example. That's the whole team. That's the whole team realizing that every game they've got to work so hard. That's tough. But it's are draining. we? Are we? Yeah. But are we? Are we well drilled enough? You know, are we? Are we actually coached to win properly those close games? I'm not sure we are. Well, clearly not because we can't win close games. So. And that's, that's one of the right. big criticisms is, are we doing the right things? Are we being coached correctly? Was it the right decision to um, give Ken another three years? You know, these are all big discussion points. Um, look, I'm not sure we are, but, uh, you know, to say they don't care, I think, is a bit harsh. I think they clearly care. And look, the scenes after that finals loss, you know, I think they, they clearly care about um, trying to win and trying to win finals. I mean, this is this is their career. This is what you know you want to be known for is uh, you know winning winning games and winning close ones and winning finals. That's what it's all about. Okay, can I ask a question? I'm going to jump in ahead of people on Big Footy and everywhere else. Um, if you were an AFL player, okay, just pretend you're both AFL players. You know, say what 25 or 26, whatever, in the peak of your career, and you're thinking I'm going to go another club. I've had it with the one I'm at. Um, Glen Archer slept with my wife or whatever else no Wayne Carey whatever um, and you're saying okay do I want to go to Port Adelaide I kind of feel like unless you're a defender I would never want to go to Port Adelaide right now just because you will have you'll be so hard up against it the whole time mm. if you're a midfielder or a forward gosh that'd be rough wouldn't it there'd be other sides you'd rather go to for sure I would have thought mm. potentially but I I think a lot of players would look at our list and think you know we Fifth, we won fifth, you know, fourteen games, whatever it was, and you know maybe I might be the difference to be able to push them towards a premiership, sort of thing. I think a lot of players might sort of think that as well. Well, like, would you rather go to Collingwood or Carlton or you know Frio? Like, well, well, you get you? easy money, but um, <laughs> are they any closer and, to winning a flag than we are? Definitely not. Well, oh, I don't know, but are they much further? Well, um, I think yes. What Carlton with their fifteen GWS offcuts? Yeah. I, don't oh, I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're any closer to winning flag. I don't think Collingwood's any closer. I don't think Frio is. Um, and you could probably say now, um, you could add West Coast to that. You could add North Melbourne to that. I think there's, um, you know, still That's question marks high. over Melbourne, over St Kilda. There's, there's oh, plenty, of, Melbourne, plenty of teams. You go to St Kilda. Plenty of teams in the league which are in our position right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like there's just such a demand on our midfielders and forwards because of the way we set up. Mm. You're going to grind your no whole real life. Different. It's no real different to how, say, Richmond play. They play a very, very similar style of play to what we do, and they're playing off in a grand final mm. this week. The only team that really plays a traditional forward structure is Adelaide. And that's pretty much it. You know, there's, mm. there's not really many other... Maybe Essendon. Um, outside of that, you know, you know, we're doing pretty much pretty similar things to what everyone else is doing. It's not like we're um, breaking the mould or anything. We're just yeah, not very good maybe. at it. You know, fix the skills. As I've said, you know, fix the skills and that's half the problem. You know, half the issue that we have to run so much is, that, is because we keep turning the ball over because we can't hit targets. You know? And if that means turning over a significant portion of the list and bringing in players that can kick uh, over the next sort of two to three seasons, then so be it. 
Um, but you know that's that's the the main thing is hold, that's holding us back. I don't think it's structure. I think it's skill level and has been for a long time. I think structure leads to improved skill level, but okay. How? Like, how is that going? Because to we've fix? seen it. Because we see it every time. When, we, like, for example, when we're able to lock the ball on our forward line, suddenly our guys have skills, and it's just because they don't have to run back and forth for ten kilometres before they get a touch. You know, but we've like, had that, a that's... we've had a significant like the best structure we've had since the Treadray era was in two thousand and fifteen when we had uh, Schultz and Westhoff and Ryder up forward, and we still couldn't hit targets. Like, uh, it's just ingrained in our squad at the moment that um, probably 80% of our footballers um, would be average or below average at hitting targets. Oh, I don't think that's structural. I think that's just ability. I think I think that's fitness demands. Hmm. That's, what, that's what I mean by structural. Like, I'm not talking about, like, a guy standing here, a guy standing here. I'm talking, like, structural in terms of how we move it as well. Like, our guys are working so hard. They are literally working so hard. And I'm not going to say they're working harder than every other club in the league, but they'd be right up there. And for the result that we get, oof, I don't know. We've, like, we've seen, it in, we've seen it in games. We've watched in the crowd, yeah? When you're watching the game, you think you're just watching and seeing it so hard to score, like against in the West Coast final, exactly that. Oh, of course. Every week it's so Absolutely. hard to score. Yeah, it's so hard. And, you know... Should it be that hard? Should it be that hard if we're in the position that we sort of were hoping we were this year? I'm not convinced. But look, structure doesn't solve Brad Ebert turning the ball over with his first 10 touches in the West Coast final, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. That's Brad Ebert. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's not going to make Brad Ebert magically a better kick, sure. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like we've got too many... Brad Ebert skill leveled sort of players out there, which is why oh. my first and foremost want in this year's draft is players that can kick, that are known as really good kicks. Yeah. Look, I mean, I guess that the. Yeah. Yeah. Which There's is why I'm, I'm keen on getting Drew into the side. That's why I like Atley in the side because I think they're good yes. kicks going yes. forward. Um, yeah, for sure. We need better skilled players. That's why I'm, I'm desperate to get Bonner in the side for 22 games next year because he can be an exceptional kick. Um, and look, it, it shouldn't really take that long to turn over the sort of players that we need into the team who can hit the targets and then suddenly we're not working as hard as what we um, have to. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess that as the recruiting thing, like the main thing we need to do is that when we're recruiting the guys that can kick, so we've got to make sure, sure that they're you know taller than 180 centimetres as well. I think that's kind of where we fell over with Lady Rochoco. Rick, are you still there or have you fallen asleep, mate? <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. boring. Sorry. <laughs> right, last Dan, question. Last what, question. That's what makes Dan Houston a great player. Yes. Mm. Exactly Because right. he rarely burns the ball. Well, speaking of Dan Houston, I've got a question from Andre here, which is uh, since Ken kept the band together after the 2014 prelim, We've been conservative in delistings, but it's led to us uh, having one finals loss in three years and no SANFL flags. Is it time to be quicker to turn over players in the hopes of another Houston rather than be cautious yet again? Yep. Yep. Yes, but that's my policy for every year, pretty much. I, th- I always think we should cut at least one or two more than we did, and I'm 
been wrong maybe once or twice. Um, but that's a who lot of extra chances. Who have, you been, who have you been wrong with? I don't know. I, I know there is someone, but I can't recall them off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually shocked that you're admitting that you've... Uh... You've been wrong every now and again. Oh yeah, but it's it was very... never about it was never about being perfectly right. It was always about what's what are your percentages, you know? Like what are your percentages that you keep a guy that you know is not gonna work out for another two years versus a guy that yeah, maybe you take him with your last pick but they might work out. You know, like that's 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 the that's the choice you're making when you keep a guy on two years too long. Is that well is that definitely worth two years more than than having, you know, a shot on another guy completely that Maybe they had a, a more difficult situation uh, that made their under 18s year harder to perform. Who was that guy we were talking about in the under in the uh, off season last year? Macca, the guy that sort of had to go to work or something out of school, and he suddenly come up through was a box hill or somewhere like that. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, like these second chance guys that maybe they just weren't able to spend their year 12 becoming elite footballers and actually had to do other things as well. Like, why wouldn't you take a pun on a guy like that Luke playing Ryan, in the BFL or the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, I, you know, why would you not take a pun on a guy like that, um, as opposed to keep on a guy that has just proven they're not working out at our club? And that's not to say they won't work out at any club even, but just if they're not working out at ours, yeah. Mm. And so you got every year you're making that decision when you're keeping three dead spots on your list. Every year you're deciding, okay, we're not going to take a chance on one of these guys working out. We're not going to back our development team in to take a chance on these guys. Um, and I think that's stagnant list management. All right. Well, let's leave it there yeah, for this evening. Sorry. I like that. I'm bored. What about, what about <laughs> our tip for the grand final? Well, we can do that on Thursday because we'll be uh, podcasting again on Thursday where we're talking about the firecrackers, uh, which should be a bit more interesting than uh, yeah, the, the ghosts. Yeah, much more happy. <laughs> um, um, I, I will say that um, if you want the crows to lose... Do what I did last week and bet your entire stake on a on on a crow's win, which worked out for me. They were still paying a dollar forty four two hours before the game, um, and so I bet everything on it. I'm like, okay, if I lose that, it was like a hundred something bucks. If I lose that, okay, cool, I won. So you know, might do that again this week, and it'll make my grand final a lot better. Because if the crows win, yeah, okay, I'll get a bit extra money. And if they lose, well, that's all right too. That's it. All right. Cool. Money motivation. It works. Okay. Count the power. Count the power. Bye. Gray was brave. Running hard. More getting forward. One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines. Monfrey's centering ball. Cassisi. Hot wheel. You know who again. It is his birthday. Kids are freaking.